Hello and welcome to a fresh episode of the Wildcat Offense Basketball Edition, hosted by yours truly, Wes Ibarra of Offsea Sport. I want to thank each and every one of you for the likes, the listens, the downloads, the reviews. It means a lot to me and it keeps me motivated to keep making podcast content like this for you all. Um, I do appreciate you taking the time to spend your Monday nights with me. It is a pretty cold but slowly starting to warm up uh, night here in Chicago. We're, we are coming off a really tough loss at Nebraska, uh, but before we delve into that, um, please share the show with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who is down to join the Office Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms, spelled O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. All right, so um, remember during the preview show i was talking about how this could be a really really close game since both teams in a way are very similar but very different in the sense that coach collins's team is more about discipline and controlling the tempo and playing more of a defensively sound game while fred hoiberg teams tend to be more spacey shooty if that's even a word and tend to play with a little bit more pace well, that's kind of what happened. And then, you know, remember how I said towards the end that the score was going to be 76 to 70 in favor of the Cats? How about this? A 75 to 69 contest in favor of the Huskers. Yes, so Northwestern loses. They fall to 13 and 5, 4 and 3 in Big, Con- Big Ten Conference play, while the Cornhuskers improved to 14 and 5, and I believe it's 4 and 4 in conference play. So the Cats still have technically a better record, and I think are still near the top of the table in the Big Ten. But this loss is a bit of a stinker because you need wins against teams like this to bolster your not only your Big Ten resume for um 2023-2024 but also for the tournament because it's not like last year where a majority of the Big 10 teams might even qualify and though Northwestern has a really good record right now that that couple losses you know like this and Chicago State you know that could really really be a thing to look into come selection Sunday I know I'm talking about something that's not for another few weeks but you need to take advantage of all these games coming forward right because again like i mentioned in the preview show this is really we're we're really near the tail end right we have one more full month of regular season college basketball and then it's tournament time both conference and postseason and though northwestern is a really great home team you know you need to steal as many wins as you can on the road and hopefully end up with a winning record um and uh you know at least from the bright side of it this was a very hotly contested game right for the most part it seemed like both teams were going at it tick for tat right at the end of the first half it was only a lead by four 39 35 in favor of the huskers and northwestern closed the gap just a little bit right uh, though Nebraska still won the second half 36 to 34 and you know that that last 
four minutes or so, that was probably like peak entertainment basketball, right? Because it's back and forth and Brooks Barnheiser's playing out of his mind, uh, giving the cats a chance and Boo Booey was showing up just as the team needed him. But man, that, that guy on Nebraska, you know, Keisei Tominaga, I did say in the last show that that is someone that they need to look out for. He knew how to put the game on ice. I mean, I, I don't know how many anime fans are in this uh, conversation tonight, but if you watch this anime called Slam Dunk, to me, Keisei Tominaga reminds me of one of the main characters in the show. Or not main, but like higher supporting characters in the show in Kaide Rukawa, right? A guy that could just shoot, make plays, all that good stuff. And that's the real life version of him is Keisei Tominaga. And man, it, it's not really a good confidence booster going into the next game, uh, which we will cover on Wednesday. And that game happens to be on Wednesday. And that's because the visitor is Illinois. And per my information here, Illinois is going to enter tomorrow night's contest at number 10 in the country. And the last time that the Cats faced uh, the Illini up in uh, Champaign, it was not good. It was a 30-point defeat. Now, of course, Northwestern has the benefit of being at home um, this time around, but, you know, having the win over Nebraska would have been a really, really big confidence booster for them. Um, and I'm hoping that the Cats can turn up the volume uh, next time uh, when they face Illinois, but I think there are a lot of, there are a lot of things that, you know, Northwestern can learn from this game. Like, looking at the team breakdown, um, Northwestern shot 38.1% from the field, 32% from three, while Nebraska went 55% from the field and 58, 53.8%, excuse me, from three. And free throws, free throws, free throws. What do I keep saying about free throws over the course of the year, even before I went on my little sabbatical, right? That... You need to be on top of it when you get those opportunities at the line. I know that's kind of common sense, right? Because you're pretty much getting points undefended. But again, I understand it's the second hardest shot in, in all of basketball, according to the GOAT, Michael Jordan. But when you have them and this team has more than capable free throw shooters, Got to convert, especially when you have a very competitive amount of chances at the line to Nebraska. The Cats went 11 for 17, 64.7%, while Nebraska went 16 for 20, 80%. I'll take 80% any day of the week. Shoot, if I could shoot 80% right now, I would just get up and retire just because I can go to sleep knowing that I could shoot that well from the line. But besides any stupid jokes about me, um, further going down, uh, Nebraska won the assist battle, 18 to 17, won the rebounding battle, 36 to 26. Uh, so you, again, when you can re out rebound the other team, right? That's where you have a chance to win the game. And Nebraska did that, right? They out rebounded Northwestern by 10, though 
the Cats do have the better offensive rebound margin. So, again, when I usually talk about rebounds, when you have a chance to give your offense a second chance, then you have a chance to win the game. So, in a way, from a rebounding statistic, this game kind of like sorted itself out, right? Sure, Nebraska had the better rebounds overall, but Northwestern had a better chance of giving their offense a second chance. But then, again, if you just break it all down, right? Um, Nebraska had six offensive rebounds, so 30 defensive rebounds. So they were able to take advantage of any misses that Northwestern made. Uh, the defense was there for the Cats, though. 13 steals, 5 blocks, and forcing 17 turnovers. That is also pretty crazy, right? Nebraska committed 17 turnovers and still won the game. Usually, if you commit that many turnovers, you're kind of on pace to lose. And with the amount of turnovers Northwestern had, seven, you should be on pace to win because you're taking care of the basketball. But that's the beauty of sports, right? You can have an off day taking care of the basketball, but still win. You could have a great day taking care of the basketball, but if you can't rebound, you can't shoot your free throws, you can't shoot in general, there's there's a really, really hard-pressing um, belief that you're going to win the game. And again, I, I'm making it sound like the Cats didn't have the game from the get-go. Again, I will repeat myself here. This game, for the most part, was back and forth, though Nebraska had a little bit of a run um, in the second half, I believe. And it just so happened that Northwestern, mainly Brooks Barnheiser, woke up and managed to carry the team on his shoulder back to level. And then it just so happened that Nebraska had just enough gas to pull away from the uh, the Cats at the end, particularly with Casey just chucking up a three and calling game right then and there. Uh, in a way, you could say, though, that this was a very competitive game. Like I said, it's it could be peak college basketball. But, of course, since this is a Northwestern basketball podcast, you kind of wanted to wish that it went the other way. Uh, now, looking in the stats, uh, for the Cats, leading the way was Brooks Barnheiser. 37 minutes, 24 points, 9 for 15 from the field, 2 for 5 from 3, perfect at the line with 7 rebounds, 4 assists, only 1 turnover, and 4 steals. So he had a very, very complete game. If the Cats had won, he'd easily be the player of the game. And kind of like how I mentioned seconds ago, he was carrying the team on his back. So, you know, if it's it's good to see a Brooks Barnheiser day. Uh, but then again, every game should be a Brooks Barnheiser day with Boo and Barry and Langborg. Speaking of Langborg, he was the second leading scorer, 15 points in 38 minutes, 5 for 14, 4 for 10 from 3, 1 for 2 from the line. Um, five rebounds, two assists, four steals. Very active hands uh, in that game. Rare off game for Boo Booey. Nine points, two for 15 from uh, the field. So, man, that that's horrendous. One for six from three, four for five from the line. He was very good at facilitating the ball, though, with seven turnovers, or seven assists with only two turnovers, two steals. So as far as being a teammate goes and a orchestrator, he did a very good job there. And that's one of the very 
very, I think, underappreciated things about Boo Booey. Uh, you know, the highlights show him as more of a very shifty guard that can get to the basket and can shoot from just about anywhere. But I think one thing that it should be appreciated more is his ability to run the offense, right? Granted, he has a lot of experience, right? He's played a lot of college basketball relative to a lot of the bigger names in college basketball. But, you know, when you have a complete one that knows your system, that can run it at his, run it to the best and knows how to make his teammates better. I mean, you got yourself a gift and that gift, for Northwestern, even when Northwestern wasn't even competitive, was is boo booey and still is, especially at this time. So, you know what? He's not a he's not a robot. He's not gonna have great stats every night. Most nights we should we should hope and expect, but you know, sure he wasn't able to light up the stat sheet from a scoring standpoint, but he was able to uh, help out in other facets. Rounding it out, Ty Berry with six, and Hunger with zero. Uh, Nicholson came off the bench in this game uh, with uh, 27 minutes, uh, nine points. Martinelli, six points over 17. Uh, and no other scorers on the uh, Cats side. Nebraska, crazy, crazy, crazy. Four out of the five starters in... Uh, in double figures. Wow. Alec with 15. Tominaga with 14. Williams with 12. Lawrence with 10. Mast with 8. And there's CJ Wilcher with 10, who was a player that I said that they need to um, watch out for. Uh, and then the next scorers were Rice and Hoiberg. So Fred Hoiberg's uh, kid going one for one with two points. Look at that. With six rebounds. Uh, but man multiple players in double digits i talk about complete games all the time and i'm a huge fan of those and looking from the stat sheet that's kind of what nebraska did despite having bajillion turnovers 17 to be exact but when most of your starting five can be in double figures and can still contribute on whatever they do best so you know alec and tominaga five and six rebounds respectively um, Mast, you could say, had the highest single-single, eight points, eight rebounds, with six assists. Um, you know, that's a really good output from a starting five. And then you have Wilcher going 10 points, four for eight from the field, you know, in 27 minutes of play. Like, man, when you can have more than three players do damage like that, in this case, it was one, two, three, four, six. You know, in a way, you can also you can just virtually say that every starter or cap starter capable guy on this team went double figures. Man, like, yeah, I mean that's kind of like a dream performance. Like, you you would wish that every player on your team scored at least ten or more points each. You know, because then. Uh, and then you have pretty decent bench production and you'd be pretty much shooting teams out of the gym with uh, that kind of output. But if there was a day for Nebraska to have such a showing, it would be that because ne or Nebraska Northwestern is one of those teams that, again, is very defensively sound. And while Northwestern 
did a pretty good job defensively, you can argue, right, with the steals, blocks, and the turnovers, you know, they still found a way to have five guys score in double figures, and their superstar, you know, still do his thing. 14 points, 5 for 11 from the field, 2 for 4 from 3, 2 for 2 from the line, 6 rebounds, right? Like, I said, you need to neutralize Tominaga in order to have a chance, and in a way, they kind of did not do that. But, you know, star players do star player things. So shout out to Coach Hoiberg in Nebraska for really putting on a complete offensive showing to be up to par with a very, very arguably elite defense in all of college basketball. Um, but before I sign off tonight, I think this can be one of those games though despite you know being a little bit of a downer it could be one of those games that again gives the cats a reference on how to capitalize for when you're in a close situation like that right i mean granted they've been in a couple close calls already like maryland right like penn state but now they get to be on the losing end of those tougher games. And now I guess you can say that they found a way to understand how to capitalize on any mistakes that they make down the stretch because the next game, you're probably going to have a very little margin of error, right? Because you're playing not only your bitter rival, but a top 10 team in the country. Um and, you know, shout out to Nebraska for getting their first win against Northwestern in a while. Um, I think Northwestern has won at least the last three or four meetings between the Huskers. Um, let me double check that. Actually, yes. So Northwestern leads the all-time series 12 and 8. So 12 and 7 going into um, Saturday's game. And... The last 10 matchups, the Cats were 7-3. and three. This is dating back to January 2nd of 2018. So, you know, of course when you have a winning record against a team, you want to keep that going. But there's going to be teams, or should I say days, where teams have their day and Nebraska had it. Hopefully the Cats, again, can learn from the experience. And when the Huskers come to Evanston tidy any loose ends up and then boom get back onto the win column against the huskers um let me know what you guys think do you think this is one of those games where it can effectively hurt northwestern's resume or do you think that you know this is pretty much just a bump that just comes with the territory and the cats will easily bounce back for the rest of the season uh, hopefully with a huge win against uh the illini on wednesday um once again, thank you for spending your night with me, whether you're putting work in, winding down, studying, because, you know, school's back, or trying to, your best to stay warm somewhere out there. I really thank you so much. It means a lot to me. It keeps me motivated to keep making podcast content for you all. Uh, share the podcast with friends, family, colleagues, anyone who's down to join the Sports Talk conversation. I can be found on most podcast platforms, spelled O-F-F-C-I-E. S-P-O-R-T. I will see you all again on Wednesday to preview the big matchup against the Fighting Illini. Have a good next couple days. 
I'll see you on Wednesday. Until then, go Cats. Bye.